Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The New York Yankees have had a rough season, but even last in the AL East puts it within shouting distance of a wild card. Can the Bronx Bombers still make it to October baseball? Also, will Geno Smith really do it again in Seattle? And Daniel Jones is going to pay off his big contract by throwing for 4,000 yards this season. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Coming into the season, the New York Yankees had aspirations of competing for the AL title. Now they're trying to figure out how not to finish DFL in the AL East, something that they, they took one step toward last night in beating the Chicago White Sox, a team desperately trying to give away their best players at the deadline. So not exactly the biggest accomplishment of all time. Stacey Gatsoulias from Locked On Yankees has been following this weird Yankees season so far, Stacey. And, and we've talked a couple times, checked in with you over the last few months, and you keep saying, okay, well, it's the injuries and there, there are some of these issues, but it's going to get better. It's going to get better. We think, well, not better. Right. And it is weird. And I've been saying that about the entire baseball season for a lot of teams. It's just a really weird season. But for the Yankees, yes, it's <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yes, there's still injury issues, but it's the roster construction. Ultimately, that messed things up this season. Um you know, when you have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who's doing a great job this season, but when you have him play every position, including relief pitcher, except <laughs> first base and catcher, there's a problem. <laughs> so I, I think that is something that Yankees fans have been on about is some of the managing they, they have not been pleased with. And it's not just some of the decisions. It is the tone of Aaron Boone and what is coming out of this organization. So. Are, are you surprised this is where we are, that, that number one, that the manager is the same, and, and number two, that, that nothing has really changed? I'm not surprised because Hal is almost the complete opposite of his father. I mean, and I don't want to be one of those, if George were alive, people, but honestly, if George were alive, I think the Yankees would have had three managers at this point this season <laughs> with the way they've been playing. Um, you know, he definitely... George would not have accepted that sweep against the Astros in the ALCS. He would have, Boone would have been gone after that. And uh, it's just, as someone who's been watching the team for so long, the difference between Hal and his father, the differences are so stark that it's disturbing to it. Like he, he cares about money. As long as the Yankees are drawing fans and making money, they will say, we're trying to win. We have a championship caliber team. No. And we're seeing right through it as Yankee fans. Um, we're not taking the gaslighting anymore because that's basically what Hal and Brian Cashman have been doing to Yankee fans the past couple of seasons by saying, oh, we're fine. You know, the playoffs are a crapshoot. As long as you get in, you have a chance. No, because you don't have a team that can get past the ALCS. Sometimes you can't get past the wild card. Sometimes you get, can't get past the division series. So uh, until Hal maybe sells, but I don't think that's going to happen until they get rid of Cashman. This team is not going to win anything significant anytime soon. So even if they say, turn this around a little bit, sneak in as a wild card, 
with the talent that they have. And we've talked about this. If they're healthy, this is still a, a formidable team in in certain areas. You think the, the the flaws of construction are just too great in the postseason? The flaws of construction and Aaron Boone's managerial mm-hmm. decision-making will doom them again in the playoffs if they make it. But I, I'm pretty much thinking I'm going to be I'm going to have a stress-free October for the first time in a while. If you had a time machine, Stacey, um, and you could only go back and advise Hal Steinbrenner on roster construction back in, uh, you know, hot stove time of this past offseason, what would you have said to him? Like, hey, if, if we could have just done this one or two things, we'd be in a much better spot when I'm talking to you in, you know, in, in mid-August. Ooh. Well, this past offseason, they should have gone after Brian Reynolds. They really should have. They needed a left fielder. They didn't need a left fielder that was going to hit 50 home runs. They just needed someone to play the position. And they've had so many guys fill in that spot. Um, I really want to go back to the offseason where Bryce Harper was available and talk to Brian Cashman and say, uh, sign him. Because that whole we already have six outfielders thing really worked out well for the Yankees. And not having Bryce Harper was a really good decision. Stay up to date all year on the New York Yankees by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Yankees on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, Geno Smith made an inspiring comeback. But will it be too good to be true? Before we get to that, the relationship between Jonathan Taylor and the Colts continues to fracture. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on point spreads, player props, totals, whatever you want. You can also bet on the daily baseball action. The Baltimore Orioles and Houston Astros square off with the Orioles slightly favored FanDuel has the O's, minus 124 on the money line. You can also combine prop bets with any game to make a bigger same-game parlay for even bigger payouts. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. All-pro running back Jonathan Taylor has left Indianapolis Colts training camp to continue rehabbing his ankle injury off-site, according to a report from ESPN. Injured players are customarily expected on the field with the team during workouts, but Taylor was not. New coach Shane Steichen said Taylor was absent as part of his rehab process. Steichen declined to comment when asked if the rehab was on-site or off-site. Taylor has been on the physically unable to perform list since reporting to training camp on July 27th. The team attributed the decision to his offseason ankle surgery. Remember, Taylor requested a trade after not receiving a contract extension. A request that Colts owner Jim Irsay has denied. Maybe, or maybe not, but definitely related to the ongoing animosity between Taylor and the Colts, a free agent running back is set to visit Indy on Wednesday. Kareem Hunt just got done with a visit to the New Orleans Saints, but came away without an offer Hunt was with the Cleveland Browns for the past four seasons. He carried the ball 123 times for 468 yards and three touchdowns last year. Ronald Acuna left Tuesday night's Braves-Pirates game after being hit by a pitch on the elbow. The 97-mile-per-hour sinker from Pirates relief pitcher Colin Holderman that Acuna tried to dodge before it ran into his yellow elbow guard had to hurt. X-rays were negative, so the Braves will miss 
any real drama here, but anytime you have one of the best players in the league miss time, it's less than ideal. Acuna's batting 339 in 111 games and leads the majors with 53 stolen bases. He's also clubbed, by the way, 26 homers. Elsewhere, the Cleveland Guardians beat the Toronto Blue Jays by the slimmest of margins. After being on the wrong side of history on Monday night in a historic pitching performance, the Guardians actually won an historic pitching performance by a rookie on Tuesday, albeit just one nothing. I'm Justin Latta, Locked On Guardians co-host. Tanner Bybee won seven innings. That is the first time in franchise history that two rookies have gone seven innings in back-to-back -back starts and shut out the opposing team. The new guy, Ramon Laureano, with an RBI double early in the game, played some important defense late uh, to keep things close as well, so he endears himself to his teammates quite well. Batting fifth in his first game against a left-hander for the Guardians, something they've desperately needed all season long. We'll see if Ramon Laureano can keep it up. He certainly deserves more playing time to see if the Guardians can grab lightning in a bottle with him. Meanwhile, the Guardians will send their third consecutive rookie out on Wednesday against as Logan Allen against the Blue Jays as they try to win game three of this four-game set against the Toronto Blue Jays. Sick to Lockdown Guardians all week. We'll have you covered. Plus, Shohei Otani and the Angels look to get back in the win column against the Giants. Good pitching, timely hitting, and the Angels break a seven-game losing streak. Hey, everybody, it's Mike Frisch, one half of Locked On Angels. Angels get a victory over the San Francisco Giants on Tuesday night, 7-5, to and they were led by Lucas Giolito. Giolito pitched really well. He said he made an adjustment before this game, didn't say exactly what it was, but he came into this game really struggling as an Angels pitcher in his last two starts. In this game, went six innings, struck out seven, gave up three runs on three hits, and looked like the guy that we had hoped for when we traded for him. And then the Angels had some timely hits. They've really struggled with runners in scoring position, but in Tuesday night's game, they moved runners over, they had sacrifice flies. It was a really fun game to watch. And John and I are going to recap that game and talk about Shohei's next start on Locked on Angels. We can't wait for you to join us. Here is another story you need to know. Last year, the Seattle Seahawks made a surprise run to the NFC playoffs. This year, it's a little bit more expected. They go out in the first round. They make some big splashes, including Jackson Smith Najigba, whose highlights from training camp you may already be seeing on your social media timelines. Corbin Smith from Locked On Seahawks has been there to document all of it. So, Corbin, as we look at this Seahawks team in a wide-open NFC, to me, they feel like the forgotten team. Where do you think they have gotten better that would make them a more formidable NFC playoff team this year? Well, first off, Peter, I think that the offense, which is already a top 10 scoring unit last year, adding Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I think the interior offensive line is going to be better, regardless of who wins the center job. Evan Brown and rookie Ola Oluwatimi are both better options than Austin Blythe was last season. Phil Haynes is ready to take a big step forward at right guard. They were at their best when he played there, not Gabe Jackson last season. So I feel like the offense is built to compete for an NFC championship. The biggest question mark is on defense, and everybody was looking at the defensive line, myself included, and I wonder, did they do enough? But at least so far, we'll see what they look like when they play against another team. But Draymond Jones looks every bit worth the $51 million that they paid to sign him. Jaron Reed has been rejuvenated coming back to Seattle. He looks really good in training camp. 
And they got a couple rookies in Mike Morris and Cameron Young that look like they got a chance to be impact contributors as reserves right off the bat. And the secondary has a chance to be special now, adding Devin Witherspoon with Reek Woolen and Jamal Adams coming back healthy, Quandre Diggs as well, Julian Love. This football team has a lot of talent at every position group, and they've got a chance to be one of the three best teams in the NFC this year. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned that I think they're one of the forgotten teams. I think part of that is the quarterback situation. Geno Smith, for a long time, these old habits, these old narratives are hard to kill Corbin. And for a long time, Geno Smith was not someone that we thought highly of as an NFL community. So how does he change that? How does What does he have to put together for us to go or from the outside that you think will, will make people go, okay, we had a certain perception of Geno Smith before, but this is who he is now here. I think if he's able to approach the numbers he put up last year, I mean, Peter, he was fourth in the NFL in touchdown passes in his first year as a starter for the Seahawks. He led the league in completion percentage. If he is able to come close or surpass those numbers, I think it's possible that he could be even better this year because this is the first time in his career he's played with the same offensive coordinator as a mm. starter two years in a row. That is a huge deal. He and Shane Waldron have really hit it off. He's got Jackson Smith and Jigba who is going to completely transform how defenses can cover this football team because he brings a totally different skill set than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They got two really good running backs. The improved offensive line should protect him better, especially the two tackles, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas going into their second season. They are going to be much better this year. So all of the supporting cast around him has either been improved or it's guys like DK Metcalf that are still going to be stars. They've got all the weapons around him. They got the offensive coordinator. Everything is set up for him to have another big season. I think if he does it again, uh, the naysayers out there are going to stop being critics and say, look, this is real. He's done it two years in a row. I think he's got a very good chance to do that with the pieces they put around him. What needs to happen? What, what can Seattle do to put themselves in the realm of the teams like, let's just say in their own division with the 49ers who have a higher projected win total, according to our friends over at FanDuel, shorter odds to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl. It seems to me that Seattle has a much more stable quarterback situation they have a lot of the same sorts of positives when you're looking at the the pros and cons in terms of the playmakers on offense so what are they what what do they have to show to, to say okay this team is a top three team in the nfc and capable of winning the nfc west i know that the running game has kind of been downgraded a bit in the nfl in terms of at least of individual backs but for this team to make a run in the playoffs they have got to be dramatically better defending the run they finished mm. 30th in the league only the bears and texans were worse last year and they still won nine games if this run defense is even middle of the pack with the talent they have in the secondary the pass rushing potential and bringing bobby wagner who's still very good in the middle of this defense back then they have a chance to be a defense that takes a huge step forward. But if they can't slow down the run, you're not beating the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC West. So to me, that is the biggest key. And that goes back to that defensive line. Did they do enough? I've been encouraged by what I've seen. But until we see them against another team, uh, the jury still remains out whether that's been fixed enough for them to truly be a contender. Stay up to date all year on the Seattle Seahawks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Seahawks on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. Coming up, Danny Dimes is about to deliver on his contract this year for the Giants in a big way. When the New York Giants gave Daniel Jones a big contract extension, just about everyone did their best impression of Tim Robinson and asked, 
Are you sure about that? Locked on NFL scouting host Kyle Krabs believes Danny Dimes is about to prove us all wrong and put up a crooked number on the stat sheet. Now for the Giants, uh, this is also going big. <laughs> Danny Dimes 4K. Uh, so 4,000 yards passing for, for Daniel Jones. They've obviously made some investments with drafting Jalen Hyatt in the third round and trading for Darren Waller. Uh, you're probably, you, you do have Saquon Barkley back. They figured out a, a financial incentive for Saquon Barkley. So they have him back there and obviously his contributions in the passing game. So year two of Brian Dable, I think you have a little bit of proof of concept on what you can do offensively. Um, 4K, I mean, he was 3,200 last year, uh, which was a big jump for him. But I, I think the Giants really have something here with Brian Dable. So 4K. I, I get the optimism in New York. It is a bet in a lot of ways on Brian Dable more than on Daniel Jones. But when I look at the pieces, they don't make sense to me. Paris Campbell is not a true number one receiver. Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson, Darius Slayton, Cole Beasley. These are slot receivers. And even Jalen Hyatt, who they just took in the top 100, who's apparently breaking records in practice, going 24-plus miles per hour. He looks like he's on fast-forward in the videos that are coming out of training camp. Guess where he played at Tennessee? The slot. In an offense that is totally fake and not at all translatable to the NFL. We've seen this over and over and over. I love Jalen Hyatt as a prospect. But my guess is it's going to take some time for him to acclimate to an NFL defensive and offensive structure. What the Giants did last year was smoke and mirrors of the highest order. This was prestige level magic. David Blaine stuff. They didn't really improve the roster all that much. Saquon Barkley is annoyed about what happened with his contract and is still playing for his future, his contract. Can this team really just be Saquon and Daniel Jones rollouts? I have my doubts. Lou Williams had a day on the diamond. In a doubleheader, Williams was called up from AAA as a fill-in umpire and got the assignment at first base in the opener. He proceeded to go over 3 on challenged plays, including two that happened in one pitch. In the third inning against the Nationals, Phillies right fielder Nick Castellanos was called out at first base on a long throw from third. The Phillies challenged and replay showed Castellanos beat the throw. He was called safe after a review. Williams again called Castellanos out on national starter Trevor Williams' pickoff attempt. Again, the Phillies challenged. Again, replay showed he was safe. I'd say something about blind refs, but I think we could all see that coming from a mile away. Ah, see what I did there? Swinging a drive deep into left field. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, is it a good idea or a bad idea to rest your starters for the entire NFL preseason? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.